My specialty is helping people to achieve short-term goals like paying off debt, replacing their income, traveling through the stock market. So I've been trading for about nine years and it was always a side hustle actually for me. I was in education and I would trade on the side to supplement my income until it got to a place where I could actually replace my whole income with trading. And when that happened, I told my boss bye and started just traveling around the world because <laughs> I was free. Welcome to the Uncensored Show with your host, George Atchampal, where we share the mindset, tips, tools, strategies, and stories on how to use your money to do more of what you love and what you were called to do. Money is like gas on a road trip. Sure, you need it to get where you're going, but you're not going on a tour of gas stations. Money fuels your journey. The question is, what's yours? Live life uncensored. On today's podcast, we had the opportunity to sit down with Terry Ijoma, who began her professional career working in education and nonprofits. When she started trading stocks nine years ago, she initially saw it as an opportunity to simply supplement her income. However, she was so successful with the side hustle that in 2017, she decided to quit her job, travel the world, and begin trading full time. While traveling, Terry was constantly asked to show others how she was successfully trading in the stock market. She set up and taught her first class in Thailand, her second in Vietnam, and had a full-fledged curriculum created by the time she returned to the States. Terry now offers an online curriculum that shares her investing strategies with people all over the world. She has also partnered with organizations and companies to train and empower individuals to achieve financial freedom and build wealth through investing. With no further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Terry Welcome to another episode of the Uncensored Show. So today we have a very special guest. Um, you just heard the, the bio, so you know a little bit more about her, but I just wanted to introduce you to Terry. Terry, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, even though I just uh, read off your phenomenal bio, just can you, you mind sharing with us in your own words, just, you know, who you are and, you know, what you're all about? Sure. So my specialty is helping people to achieve short-term goals like paying off debt, replacing their income, traveling through the stock market. So I've been trading for about nine years and it was always a side hustle actually for me. I was in education and I would trade on the side to supplement my income until it got to a place where I could actually replace my whole income with trading. And when that happened, I told my boss bye and started just traveling around the world because <laughs> I was free. Yeah, so, I blame you. Yeah, so trading has been my exit strategy and giving me giving me a lot of freedom. Awesome. So just like, how did you get into trading stock stocks and options? I mean, you're the minority of the minority, right? So me being a financial advisor, like I know, you know, being a person of color in this space, you know, we represent the minority, but you being an African-American woman, like you're the minority of the minority in this space. So like, just curious, how did you even get into to trading? How did that happen? When I was, I was introduced to it when I was in high school, actually. Like funny enough, I originally wanted to be like an architect, but there was this program that brought minority students to a business school and then taught us about business. So they had taken us, like we, it was students from all over, but I was from Texas and had never been anywhere before. And I went all the way to Northwestern University and did yeah. this summer program. 
and they showed us the Chicago Stock Exchange. That was one of the things that they introduced us to. Mm-hmm. And so I remember like that was my first exposure to stocks, to this whole world of people making money. And I remember thinking like, this is amazing. Yeah. But went back home didn't really know much about it but decided to go ahead and major in business in college so i went to mit and i focused on business there and everybody's always like you didn't you didn't do engineering like (laughs) mit is for engineers but at the time we actually had the number two business school for undergrad but people just don't know that because engineering is like number one so So yeah, so went to MIT, all the business majors from MIT, they'll go either into finance or consulting. So I did an internship on Wall Street in college and and interned at Morgan Stanley. So that was like another introduction to finance. Yeah. Funny enough, though, you'd think that I would have just started right there. But I decided, no, I don't want to be at a desk all day. I want to fly around the world. So I became a consultant and went down this whole other path, but just did finance on the side. And now I'm back. Wow. So it almost came full circle because you didn't take that job because you wanted to travel all around the world through the job that you had. So then you learn how to trade and that gave you the ability to do the same thing, but being, being your own boss. Exactly. So, isn't that crazy? <laughs> yes, yeah, crazy. So on some level, you knew conceptually what you wanted to do up front. You just end up learning a skill that allowed you to do it um, in the way that you wanted to do it um, on the back end. Okay, that makes sense. You actually, you opened my eyes to that because I have a, I never thought about it that way, but you're right. Like I had studied abroad in college and spent my last semester in college in Spain. And then in Spain, I had traveled like, every weekend. We went somewhere new. So that was my exposure to the world. Yeah. So now that you say that out loud, yeah, that was definitely a part of my decision, but I never thought about it that way. <laughs> Well, I'm glad for us to have, for you to have that revelation uh, on the show because it was crystal clear to me just hearing. Sometimes it's like you can't proofread your own paper, right? So like you just were doing what made sense in the time, um, you know, what made logical sense to you. And so you know, full circle, you basically sowed the seed without even realizing it, and you end up being able to do the same thing but on your own terms, being your own boss. I think that's super cool. And I'm, gonna, wow. and I'm so glad that you had that re- revelation on the show. Well, look at you, George. Uh, <laughs> Bringing all kind of revelation. Bring it all together. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, so, you know, I know there is, people might not even know what trading really is, right? And they'll, and they'll know a little bit about it before this episode is over, but there is a difference between trading and investing, right? So if you would indulge us a little bit, just give us a high level kind of difference of the two and why you decided to become a trader versus what some people would classify as like a long-term investor right so just can you tell us the difference between the two why you chose your route um and then also is one better than the other or you know can you do both just you know kind of unpack all of that for us if you don't mind sure sure so great question they're actually both investors but one is an active investor and then one is a passive investor Mm-hmm. A passive investor is someone that's more so investing for the long term, investing for retirement. And they're the people that will um, usually do like a buy and hold strategy. They just find a company they like and then they just hold it for a long time. Mm-hmm. An active investor is someone who is trading in and out of companies for income. And the government actually qualifies that. If you're an active investor, you're making money so that you can actively pay your bills, that you can do day-to-day things. They're assuming that you're doing this for income. Mm-hmm. So when, when someone's an active investor, they call them a trader because we're trading in and out of a position. 
And one thing that I think is a big, big misconception is there's a misconception that passive investors are fundamentalist and that they choose really good companies and active investors choose bad companies like penny stocks. But that's actually not true. If you're a really good active investor or a really good trader, you're also picking good companies just like the passive investors. Mm -hmm. You're doing your research up front. You're making sure that you're in value companies that are best in breed, but you're just uh, trading in and out of them instead of holding them for the long term. So mm -hmm. that's, that's the difference. You were asking me if one of them is better than the other. No, I think it depends on your goals. So for me, I needed money to pay my bills. I wanted to leave my job. Yeah. So yeah. I needed $300 a day. I was an assistant principal at the time of elementary school. Yep. So I needed $300 a day, a day to replace my income. Mm -hmm. If I needed that, then I needed to be in and out of the stock so I could make my $300 a day. That yep. was my goal. If somebody doesn't really need it and they can wait till retirement, then that's their goal and they can be a more passive investor. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I, honestly, I'm, I'm so thankful that you unpacked that. Because in my industry, historically, especially from the advisory side, like unless someone has a pretty big net worth, there's not a lot of active investing, right? Just let's just keep it real, right? A lot of it's more passive, you know, building for the long term, which there's nothing wrong with that. But when we have so much access to information and resources, it's like who wants to wait till 65 to enjoy their life? Your, your brand is I trade and travel, right? So you're living basically living a retirement now right you're enjoying your life now we're not having to wait until 65 to say you know what hey i built up this nest egg and hopefully it's enough to live off on that's kind of uh i don't really look at that as an abundance mindset right and I, and i don't necessarily think that one is better than the other but what i do like about active investing is that you get the benefit of, re, of benefiting from your money today Right. Um, and obviously giving you that capital to your point to pay down debt, which frees up cash flow, which then you can tuck away more money for your nest egg or whatever it is that you want to do to get closer towards financial independence. Um, I just think that. And, and again, it's in a lot of marketing, but a lot of times everybody tries to pit things against each other. Like you hear people who are passive investors and say trading investing is stupid and you pay too much in transaction fees and blah, blah, blah. Well, there's a lot of people that are very successful in active investing. So. That's a skewed perspective, right? And there's also a lot of people who are very successful in, in passive investing. So it's not an either or. I, I love that you said it just depends upon your goals, right? And if your goal is to stay with a company for a number of years and put your head down and tuck your money away, passive investing might be the right way to go. But if you don't like your job or you just want more freedom or more autonomy, maybe active investing is a skill set that you want to learn. So thank you for breaking that down. Exactly. And to your point of, of being able to live your life now, so for example, I was able to pay off all of my student loan debt by trading right now. I didn't have to wait until, you know, down the road and all the interest fees have built up because I could actually pay it off from trading. And then like I'm, I'm buying a house right now, a large piece of that is trading. So you're right, like being able to trade now and use the stocks now allows me to live right now. So I, I love how you said that. Awesome, awesome. All right. So. I got a question for you. What was your biggest win as a trader to date? What was your biggest win as a trader to date? I'm upset that I still haven't beat my biggest win, but I made $35,000 in a day um, earlier this year. Yep, in the winter, like January. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was an awesome day. I was trading Amazon and 
you know, like the, the lowest point of the market was December 24th, right before Christmas. Mm -hmm. But then right after that, the market started shooting up. And I was trading options. So options allow you to trade a large amount of shares at a time. So I was trading options of Amazon and it just shot through the roof and I made $35,000 in a day. That was an awesome day. <laughs> wow, that is an awesome day. Well, yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's that's tough to beat. I mean, you'll probably, you probably will beat it, but that's huge. I mean, you know, that's some people's, you know, the median household income for America, I think is somewhere just over 50,000, right? So like, to, to earn 35 in one day, that's, yeah, my, that's huge. My, my mom was killing me. Well, not killing me, but she was just, she couldn't believe it because that is her salary. Like that, she works for like education. You know, we don't get paid much as teachers mm -hmm. and she's an advisor at a college. But mm -hmm. yeah, she was like, Terry, you made my whole salary in a day. That's boss. That's boss. Crazy. All right. So it's only right, right? Now, mm -hmm. talk about your biggest win. What, what's, what's been your biggest loss to date? Sure. I, so I actually teach my students about this because I learned so much from my, from my loss. It actually was a loss that I was about to quit trading because I just thought I couldn't handle it. So shortly after I went full time, I was in Thailand and this was like an amazing day. Like they had done these lantern, like I don't know if you've heard about the Festival of Lanterns, but everybody liked these lanterns. Yeah. It's beautiful. So I had that day and that was like my best day ever. And then after that, because of the time frame in Thailand, so I went, the market opened at night. So I went from this wonderful high of making wishes and letting go of candles, went and checked my account and my stock was down $26,000. Yes, Ooh. I had invested in Pandora because I thought they were going to be like the best thing ever. I was like, oh, they're in cars and they're, everybody's going to use them for their music. Little did I know that Spotify and YouTube and everywhere, <laughs> everything else was going to take over. But yeah, I was betting on earnings yeah. and I teach my students. I made every mistake in the book. I, I was so loyal to that stock that I bought 8,000 shares. So my quantity size was way too much. It went down just $3 and I'm already in the whole 24,000. Because of how much you bought. Right, that's a huge mistake. You've gotta make sure that your quantity size is aligned with your risk tolerance. If you only wanna lose $1,000, then you only need enough shares to make sure that you wouldn't lose that much, right? Yep. So yep. quantity size, I got in at the wrong time. Like I got in at the highs thinking, oh, I gotta get in before earnings because it's gonna pop. And I was getting in at the highs. That's a big mistake that a lot of traders make. But like, I just, I just did every mistake in the book. And so now I like, I use it as a whole class in my school. Cause I'm teaching them like, look, y'all, these are the mistakes. And, and there's always emotions behind it. Right. So like, of course I was thinking that I was going to like be a millionaire that day. So that's why I did the order, but you got to control your emotions. Like don't get greedy right. <laughs> kind of stuff. Um, and then like, yeah, so now I, now I'm much, much better as a trader and like I can teach yeah. people the solutions to all of that. But yeah, that was my yeah. biggest. Thank you for sharing that. Um, well, the good news is your biggest loss wasn't, wasn't bigger than your biggest win. Praise God. Right. <laughs> awesome. yeah. You know, so really, really, really quick tangent as you were saying that. Um, so what is your favorite show or movie, whether, how, whether it's actually act, depicts the actual lifestyle of a trader or whatever, what is your favorite show or movie that that is about investing or intertwines investing in any capacity? 
I actually like The Big Short. Yeah. Have you seen that movie? Yeah, it's about um, it's about the housing market when the housing market was crashing, and there's one person that was like, "Look, it's gonna crash, it's gonna crash," and everybody else was like, "We don't see it. The housing market is booming." But he was making all these bets that the market would crash, mm-hmm. and like a couple reasons why I like it is like one, as a trader, you're not like you're going to be if you're a successful trader. Sometimes you're gonna be on the opposite side of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times when I'm making a purchase and I'm buying a stock, it's when the market is tanking. So like recently the market's been falling, but that's when I'm looking to get in. So as a trader, your thought process is going to be different than probably a long-term investor or different than the news. So I loved that just like him being perseverant, even through everybody saying he was wrong. Mm -hmm. Then like, I just love too that you can make money when the market goes down. And right. that was something I didn't understand before. I thought the only way to make money in the market was to see it go up. Right. But nope, you can make a ton of money when it goes down. Yeah, so, right? yeah, that's my favorite. This podcast episode is sponsored by Kitsch. So let me tell you guys about Kitsch. I've been using the service for almost a year now. I started back in November of last year and it has completely changed my life, completely changed my relationship with food. So it's a plant-based meal delivery service. So that means they cook the food and they deliver it to you. All you have to do is eat it. They also deliver the food in biodegradable containers so that all you have to do is heat it up for a few minutes and then you can recycle the containers. You don't have to worry about doing any dishes. This service, I mean, literally does all the work for you. So guys, if you ever thought about going plant-based, if you've ever considered it, didn't know where to start, then Kitsch is for you. I actually have been able to lose over 21 pounds that I didn't even know I had to lose um, since uh, using Kitsch as a part of my regular routine, coupled with obviously a healthy lifestyle and working out consistently and things of that nature. So um, for all of my listeners, they have given you guys a 15% off promo code and you can use that promo code every single week. It's not a one-time code. So take advantage of it. The code is uncensored. Again, the code is uncensored the same way the show is spelled and you'll also find it in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in and check out Kitsch. And so it seems like obviously you have a school, right? Where you teach others uh, mm-hmm. how to trade and, and travel. Is that what you do? Teach about to trade and travel? Mostly how to trade. I have a couple friends, though, that have come alongside me and said, if you teach them how to trade, we'll teach them how to trade. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, which is just the freedom that it gives you because you can kind of do it from anywhere, you know, in theory. So what made you, so when you figured it out, right? So you quit your job. It was a side hustle for nine years, right? You quit mm-hmm. your job and then you started um, trading full time. At what point did you say, you know what, I want to teach others, how to do this and why why did you decide to make that decision versus just hey look i figured it out i'm you know i'm gonna do my thing i'm gonna live my life what sparked and say you know i want to teach others to be completely honest i i never decided that (laughs) (laughs) it just happened no um, no but yeah to be completely honest my whole thought process when i left thought process when i left was that i'm just gonna do me I was so overwhelmed from working and being under crazy bosses that all I could see was my success and me just making money by myself and traveling by myself. I didn't want to be over any teams. I didn't have to want to work with anybody because I was just, I call it work abuse. 
I was just abused at all of my last jobs the last 10 years. Work too much, boss telling me stuff, never feeling like I was good enough, just too much. Mm-hmm. So when originally I left my job, I was leaving just to do me. But I had, a, I had several people on my trip when I was traveling. So this is like Thailand. I did a month in Vietnam. They kept asking me to take them to, like, to go to coffee. And I'd be like, I don't even like coffee. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but they're like, no, Terry, really? Like, yeah. we want to know how you're traveling and trading. We want to know how to do this. So yeah. I decided, fine, I'm not going to go to 10 different coffee dates. I'm just going to do like a little class. And it's going to be a one-time thing. And that's it. Mm-hmm. So did that class and they loved it, but then I loved it too. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh shoot, okay, maybe I will do another one of these. I'll just, yeah. but I, I still was thinking it was going to be like a one-time thing, like, hey, next month, maybe I'll do one more class. And they were asking me like, Tara, will you do it again? So anyway, long story short, I did it in Thailand, did one in Vietnam. And then when I came home, my friends had saw it on Instagram mm-hmm. and I did it in, I did it here in Dallas. And from there, I said, well, you know what? I had heard by then someone had told me about these online classes. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I'm going to put out that I have an online class. And if anybody buys it, I'll actually make the class. But if nobody (laughs) buys it, I'm good. Right? I'm good. And so actually, to tell you the truth, I was hoping nobody would buy it. That way, I wouldn't have to do it. And I would be off my conscience. Like, Lord, I tried. They didn't want it. I did my part, yeah. Right, I did my part, but no, two people bought the class, and so I had to go ahead and make this online course, Mm -hmm. and it just has grown. Like, I went from, my first time was two people bought the class, now we're over 500 students, and it's just continuing to grow, so. That's huge, and so, tell me a little bit about how your class is set up. Is it like people buy it and then they're part of the program like forever they always have access to like you know some kind of chat or communication or is it like an ongoing curriculum like tell me a little bit about the framework of your of your course sure so it actually started out as as just four classes and it was an online course I had people take those four classes online and then once a week I would do a group coaching call and that was in the fall of last year so really recent but then after that, my students were like, oh, we want to keep learning. They didn't want to leave. They were like, Terry, no, we want to keep meeting with you on Monday. Yeah. So now I've made three more classes. And so it's a seven class curriculum online. Mm-hmm. And then also once a quarter, I do about eight weeks of coaching. And that might change up like soon. We never know. But I, I, right, right now I do online co- excuse me, coaching once a week, too. Gotcha. So awesome. Okay. Um, so when I went back to look, look through some of your content, it looked, it looked like um, that you're fair, fairly transparent, like with your earnings and your profit and just, you know, what you're doing in this space anyway, which makes sense because you have a class and you want to educate and empower people. But, you know, people in our day and age, they'll, they'll share a lot. They'll share, you know, everything, but they won't share. Not a lot of people won't share about their money, right? It's still taboo. Um, and so I like the fact that you are one of the few people, I think, of course, when you're in that ecosystem of like finance bloggers and content creators, you see some people do it, but broadly, it's not something that people do, right? People aren't sharing with you how much money they make, um, unless they're just trying to do it to run an ad and we'll, you know, it's another store for another day. Um, but I, I like the transparency. So my question is, what made you decide to kind of like open the doors to let people know, hey, look. This is how how little or how much I, I made this week or this month. What was your thought process behind that? 
so my aunts and uncles still don't like me sharing. They feel like it's unsafe. And it's like until I come get you and rob you. Right, exactly. And they tell me that every day. Like even last week I had that conversation. You know, Terry, we don't think you should be posting what you make up. Um, but the thing is, I feel like a lot of people just don't know the possibilities with trading. Mm -hmm. And so when they think of me trading stocks, they usually think of something small, like, oh, I can make an extra $200 a month or, oh, I might be able to make a little bit of money, but most of the time I'm losing. Like there's all these myths and stereotypes. Mm -hmm. So I decided that I'd share because, hey, I'm making a thousand dollars a day. Mm -hmm. People just don't even know that that's possible. Right. So really, that was my thing. I just wanted to be an inspiration and then just show people what's possible with trading because there's all these other people out here, Bob and Jane and Billy Sue, who <laughs> who are doing this every day. Like, that's how their money is getting made. But we just don't know it in our community. Like, nobody tells us. We don't have, like, some rich uncle that can tell us to do this type of stuff. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's huge. So um, representation matters, right? seeing so like i said earlier in the podcast you're the minority of the minority in when it comes to this like space so when somebody sees you it's like oh wait i can do that too so i think that's really cool that you that you share that most people probably don't think that they can be a trader because it's like oh my gosh i didn't go to school for this it's so much to learn i look at these charts and it gives me a headache like this just isn't for me like i i could never learn how to do this i'm not smart she went to mit like of course she knows how to do it um, so for that person who's talking to themselves that way right now and has that self-doubt, what would you say to that person who's like, I, w I would want to do this. I want to be free. I want to trade and make a thousand dollars a day, but I just don't feel like it's for me or I can. What would you say to that person? I would ask that person, do they ever go to the shopping mall and look for clearance sales? Because if they can understand what it's like to see something at full price and then wait for it to go on discount at the holidays, then they can know what it's like to be a trader. Because the market is just like any other market. If you think about the fresh fruit market, like the central market, or you think about fish markets in Australia, or um, there's lots of like markets in Thailand. I'm Nigerian, so we, do, we go to get cloth <laughs> at markets. Yeah. But you never buy things full price. It's just a negotiation between buyers and sellers. Mm -hmm. If you can think like that and think about negotiating between buyers and sellers, mm -hmm. then that's, that's the market. That's the stock market. We're just negotiating on the price of a stock, but it's a negotiation between buyers who want to buy a stock at a certain price and sellers who want to sell it at a certain price. So if you're a business person, entrepreneur, any kind of person that understands buyers and sellers, and supply that's basically supply and demand you'll get it awesome that was probably the most simple but clear explanation that i've ever heard and, I, and mind you I've, I've been in the financial space for almost a decade so that's saying something that was very well articulated thank you i appreciate that you're welcome um so as a trader as you mentioned earlier um, people are probably always asking you, hey, you know, what do you think about this? I heard about this cannabis company, this hot stock, this like you probably get it. I'm sure you get it all right. Everything under the sun. Um, so I'm also sure that with the way the market dropped the other day, that people are probably asking you or you have an opinion on what that means or if we are entering into a recession. Right. And so if that's the case. My question is, um, what 
is your, and, I, and I'm going to use the word advice loosely because obviously I understand what that looks like, but what are your thoughts on what somebody should be doing um, as we are in a place where the market is where it is right now? Should they be worried? Should they be selling? Should they be buying? Should they get into the, should they get into the market? Is it just the right time? Like, what is your thought process on the prospect of a recession and what does that mean for the everyday investor? Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. There's actually like so many parts to that question. Yeah. Um, well, first, let me just put out my little disclaimer that I am not a financial advisor, unlike the wonderful George right here. So all of my advice is just my personal story. This is not me telling you to go invest in anything. Um, I have to put that disclaimer out. Being an investor in the market is risky and you're doing it at your own risk. Yes. Um, but with that said, here are a couple of things. If I could get on my soapbox, here are a couple of things that I would tell people to think about. One... I do personally feel like we will revisit the lows from, from Christmas time last year, and we haven't quite got there yet. I thought maybe we would do it earlier this year. We didn't get there. Um, recently, we had some drops with like 950 Dow points down in the Dow. Then yesterday was nine, 800 points down in the Dow. But we still have not hit those lows from Christmas. Yeah. So until we hit those lows, I feel like we could always come down a little bit more. But that's just my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. Do I think we're in a recession? No. Do I think that we should have lowered the interest rate? No, because the economy is actually doing really well right now. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the volatility of the trade war, the global economics of our economy, what's happening in China with their economy, Europe with Brexit, there's so many other factors going on. I do feel like we should revisit those lows from last year um, before we can really see a new high or see a new leg up. So do I think that there's possibility for us to go lower? Yes. Now the question is, what do we do with it going lower? Well, that depends on what you are in terms of an investor or a trader. Mm -hmm. So as a trader, I can make money when the stock market goes down. So like I have some things <laughs> going right now that I'm praying for the market to go lower because I make money when it goes down. Mm -hmm. So am I still investing right now? Heck yeah, but I'm investing in things that make money on the way down. Also, I, I read charts. I'm a technical analysis trader. So I can see that we've started getting into some levels now that we've come down so much in price where the banks are wanting to buy again. And remember, guys, like the stock market, what you see on those candlesticks is not us as retail investors. It's big banks like Morgan Stanley. Mm -hmm. You know this. You know this. But for people listening, but it's big banks and hedge funds, Goldman Sachs, um, some of the huge hedge funds out there. Those people that can put in million share orders, they're the people who move the market. And we're starting to come into some levels. And you can see this on a chart where banks are willing to buy again. Because every stock you can start seeing on a chart, every stock has a place, like a, a stock price, where the banks are like, oh, that's pretty cheap. That's a discount. Remember, we, if I was talking about going into a store and seeing clearance sales? Yep. They know that there's high-value stocks that are on clearance right now. So as a trader, we're either making money on the way down or we're buying at these lows where the banks are buying. So for me, this is actually a really great opportunity. And, and my trading decisions for today were like, okay, how much do I want to get in? Mm -hmm. Or do I think something's still going down? How, you know, let me make sure that I'm strategically making money as this goes down. So those were the things I was thinking about as a trader. Mm -hmm. An investor, on the other hand, like, 
some of the some of the strategies for investors are like averaging down so like you would also be looking to get in as it's coming down one of the things i don't don't necessarily like though about being an investor is if you have money in your 401k it's kind of out of your control you're just seeing the market go down and seeing your account go down right and that's one of the reasons why i feel like everybody should be an investor in like an active investor and have their 401k mm-hmm. because you want something that you are in control of. Right. And if you have a small piece on the side that you can say, Hey, I'm getting out right here so I can protect myself. But now the stuff's come down, I'm going to get into these. Like, it's just nice to have a little more control over the market. Right, 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 right. It makes a ton of sense. It makes a ton of sense. Thank you for sharing that perspective and giving your disclaimer. Um, <laughs> yes. I know, I know how that is. I know how that is. Um, so is there anything, I don't know, new and exciting on the horizon that you um, can share with our listeners that we that you think we might find some value in? Sure. Um, there's a lot of good news lately. So some good news is my course was number one on Teachable for June and July. Wow. Number one on Teachable, period. Period. They, well, they're doing this summer challenge and they're, they're trying to find out who's the next best online course. So everybody had to sign up and then they've been like rating us and looking at our earnings and everything over the last two months or and it's this month's the last month. It's a three month process. But I was number one for June and July. Wow. So yeah. So thank you for everybody's support. I just want to say thank you. Like it's just been such a blessing and a wild ride. Um yes. Some of the classes we beat, like there's this drone class that They've been doing well since I started, but yeah. we beat them out. There was this like Spanish speaking class. We beat them. There's like a mom's baby class. We beat them out. So, so yeah. that's been big, big thanks and congratulations um, to everybody out there. So thank you guys for your support. It's been really cool, right? No, yeah. that is huge. That is huge. Um, awesome. Well, kudos to you. So y'all might want to check her course out. Uh, obviously, it's good if it's number one, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so after sharing all those wonderful gems, like you got to let people know where can we find you? Like, where I mean, I know where to find you, but where can the listeners who maybe haven't um, heard about you yet, where can they find you? Where are you? Sure. The best place to find me is on Instagram at I'm an investor. It looks like Imani Investor, so a lot of people think my name's Imani, but it's I'm an investor. <laughs> I thought that's what I thought it was too. You thought it was Imani? Yep. You're like, oh, hey, Imani. Nope. <laughs> you thought, you thought I realized your real name. I was like, I wonder if that's like a nickname. Is it her middle name? You know what, though? It means faith. Imani means faith. Mm-hmm. So I think it's one of those things where I was thinking I'm an investor. Like a Freudian slip, like a happy yeah. action. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's like faith investor. I'm down with that too. I'm down yeah. with that too. Yeah, the little double entendre going. Mm hmm. Okay, so find you on Instagram. Everybody's on Instagram. My mom is even on Instagram, Lord. Uh, she comments and likes on everything. I love her though. It's all good. <laughs> she's um, you're her baby. Yeah, she's still she still uh considers me her baby. Um awesome. Oh, and you probably I don't know if you know this. So by the time this goes live, which will just be a few weeks, um my podcast will actually be rebranded. So this is going forward. My podcast is no longer going to be the legacy and lifestyle show. It's going to be the uncensored show, like dollars and cents. I thought that was really cool. Oh, that's so cute. That's nice. Um, and the reason why I wanted to rename it is because when I first uh, started my podcast, 
and it's, it's done well. We've been downloading and listened in you know, for 60 countries. Uh, we recently got uh, mentioned as a, a top 10 financial, personal finance podcast by Forbes. So yeah. I was- Congratulations. Thank you. Um, so was incredibly honored by all of that, but I was like, you know, I originally started it and it was a little more abstract because I didn't want to, I wanted people to kind of get the financial game like organically. I didn't want them to feel intimidated like, oh, well, I got to come here and I got to know all these technical terms about money. I wanted it to just somehow seep into their system through osmosis by just talking about things that they already are interested in. And while that obviously has been good, um, you know, as you know, there's just a lot of noise um, in the marketplace and I wanted to make sure that my platform can be a dedicated resource people knowing exactly what they're going to get and to get true game that they can actually act on. And so kind of rebranded. So like, so now I'm publicly accountable. Like this is a money podcast, not a podcast that talks about money when he wants to. So your episode will be, I think one of the first three underneath that new brand. So I just wanted to tell you that because the last question that I'm going to ask you is in your opinion, what does it mean to live life uncensored? What is living life uncensored mean to you? What is living life uncensored? Living life uncensored to me is having enough money to do what you want, when you want, how you want to. Mm. Yeah. And that's the best answer so far. So you might, so just like you got the best, you got the best uh, course on Teachable, you might have the best answer for a while on the uncensored part. <laughs> hey, yeah. I'm done with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, this was a uh, phenomenal. Thank you so much. Um, I can tell that you're a great teacher because people always think, especially in, in, in this industry, that the more technical you sound, that it means you're so much smarter. But your students don't care about that because they want to be able to learn. Right. And so I just really appreciate how well you articulate certain points that are seemingly complex. I mean, I, I even took something away um, just in the way you communicated it. So uh, keep doing what you do. Uh, you are a pillar of strength in this space. We need more people like you. So grateful to have you on the show. And I look forward to um, having you back potentially in just other collaborations so that we can continue to move this message of financial literacy, financial independence, peace of mind, and just living life uncensored forward. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to an episode of the Uncensored Show. Take at least one thing you heard today and apply it to your life immediately so that you can become one step closer to living a more meaningful and fulfilling life and aligning your resources to what matters most to you. Remember, money is just a resource to fuel your journey. The question is, what's yours?